and pushed Peter off his rocking chair. We will get through chapter one today. This will take us three years, but we'll get there. We'll get there today as we press on into chapter two. So if you were here last week, you made up your one verse and presented a message. I thought the same was going to be true all day today. But we're going to make it through chapter two. So my my slide making fingers are way bigger than my ability to preach briefly, so we won't cover that whole chapter. I meant my efforts always think they're going to get to more, and then when I get into really digging into it, we, we do that. That's okay. It will can teach us through even a few verses. So we're going to be in 1 Peter 1. We're going to go through verse 23 and into chapter 2, 1 Peter 1. I'm going to read 1 Peter 1. I'm going to start in 22 because that's the beginning of the thought. And then I'll read through the end. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass. And all its glory, like the flower of grass, the grass withers and the flower falls. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that is preached to you. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that By it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So, introductory remarks. It's a continuation of last week's sermon, focusing in verse 22. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. This is Christ's command to his disciples, that they would love one another. Now Peter brings that message to the people he's writing to, that they would love one another earnestly from a pure heart. And we look at that and we see, but how? How do I do that? How can I accomplish such a high calling? The way you accomplish it is by trusting God. And that's the way this division, since you have been born again, how can I love my brother and sister in the church earnestly from a pure heart as God has gifted life to you if you have the gospel is a message of life we need a message of life when we're spiritually dead and that's the state we find ourselves in before Christ but then he brings the cross of life righteous and precious and wonderful. To love one another from a pure heart springs out of that life that God gifts you with. Since you have been born again, you can love one another with a pure heart. But really, God ultimately is your strength to live a life that pleases Him forever. And this is a repeat, this is a pattern that Peter has in 1 Peter, where he continually offers encouragement to 
even duties, but in all of those instructions, he continually pushes them back to the Lord. How could I do this? How could I believe this? How can I trust this? He continually points us back to the Lord as a source. The Lord is their strength and their source for life. So let's look at verse 26. The nature of life from God. Since you have been born again, in verse 23, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed, through the living and abiding word of God. That's where the title comes from. Life through the living word. The living word is the means of bringing you to the life eternal. Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed. Not of corruptible, but of the incorruptible. There's a contrast being called out there. Perishable versus imperishable. Now, I know we're not all farmers, but we do understand the idea of planting seeds in the ground and receiving the harvest. When you plant that seed in the ground and you reap a harvest, you don't go try and dig that original seed up. That seed is changed into the seeds that we plant where you plant them and in essence the seed dies and the plant dies and God grows it. Yet the seed incorruptible is not perishable but is imperishable. Life from God being born again by gospel acceptance and through this imperishable seed. It is eternal life that you get. It's not a life that's just short or brief or transitory or that all through rather it's a life that endures. It it fits with the description of the life God gives. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed. The difference with eternal life. And seeing this contrast of perishable and imperishable brings to mind immediately just a few verses earlier Verse 18 and 19, here's a contrast of rampant eternal death. Also, this this imagery of perishable and imperishable. Verse 18, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, it expresses what exactly? Like that of a miner who comes in and not with perishable things like gold, but with the imperishable things, the thing that endures like the blood of Christ. We have like gold or silver or jewels and all other treasures. Such a life of pleasure or ransom that we taste and never taste. Praise God this morning, Christian, for his gift of mercy in Christ by giving you new birth by his word seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. The difference
gifted life which God gives comes by new birth of an imperishable seed through the living, abiding word of God. So we're not biblical idolaters. We don't worship the book of Seth. We worship the God of the Bible. The message comes through the word of God. The Holy Spirit ministers life to us in the gospel of Christ through God's word. And it is the the living and abiding word of God. There is a necessity indicated here of the word of God in the ministry of the gospel. The message must come through the living and abiding word. Not through man's opinion, not by new inventions, not by progressive policies. False hope and a lie. But it comes from Christ who went to the cross for us and shed his blood. Coming through the word. The word is needed. It's necessary. It is need to deliver the message. And this life-giving message found within the pages of the living word of God is fitting. The word itself is alive and it brings a message of life for us. When we live in a land of darkness and death and weighed down by sin, the word comes in and empowers us with it. The word comes through the gospel. The word of God coming to us. It's highly fitting. The Bible, the scripture is fitted as the living witness of the message of the life-giving gospel of Christ, who is the living word incarnate. There's a lot of living going on here. And that brings to mind, you can read it later, if you want to think about the living word incarnate, you can look at what the scripture says in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. You'll see it there. But the scripture, as the living word, bears a living message which comes from the living word. verses 24 and 25. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. The never-failing, never-changing, enduring word of God surpasses every human invention Human philosophies fail. Human glories fade and fall. Human systems and governments and programs and politics crumble all in vain. But the word of the Lord, the good news of Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection will never change. It will never fall. It will never passage, as I mentioned, is Peter taking us out of Isaiah 40, verses 6 and 8. That's 
in the middle of the Old Testament, you go back and look at the book of Isaiah, you can read that there. And he's connecting these words of Isaiah with the gospel of Christ. You see that right on the end of verse 25. This word is the good news of peace to you. So the message of Christ is connected with this this passage out of Isaiah written so long ago, and yet there's a connection there. And here, Peter unifies the scriptures across the pantheon as being Christ-centered, foreshadowing, proclaiming, and explaining the gospel in all its thought of the scriptures as being that unified, that they they carry the same message even though maybe the implementation of it, the actions in that certain era were different, and yet the they all point to Christ and the gospel of Christ. They're fitting that the word delivers the message of life. Just one brief comment on verse 25, the second part. This word is the good news of peace to you. You may hear comments across the church broadly. I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about the church on the whole. You may hear comments just from leaders or others that say, peace be out of your heart. So we see this this message of life that comes through a living word and that endures far beyond every human invention that has a real and true and lasting impact because it's founded upon the rock of Jesus. It's founded upon the cross and the hope of Christ for us. Distill it out for us in our time. Consider the cost difference. This first chapter, I see the living God gives life through his living word, which is the gospel of Christ, the living Savior, that we may live a life of faith in him and pursue a life of love for him, love for one another, and love for our neighbors. And go ahead and bring some good gifts of life and worship God. Going to chapter 2. Depending on the translation you use, you use the ESV, you're going to see it say, So? But away, Adonais, in all his peace, the hypocrisy, the envy, all put. Put away those things that Christ has a picture to say. He says, I am Christ is my Savior. You are to put away the things which are no longer fitting to your new life. 
Deus, o que a Deus mandou para See how deceit flows into hypocrisy? I'm going to deceive people. Well, I'm going to do more than deceive them. I'm going to make them think I'm somebody I'm not. I'm going to do things that I say that I, that I won't do. Like it's happening. It doesn't fit like the natural person. Envy. God has blessed the neighbor anywhere, however he chooses to bless them. Do not set your heart on the blessings your neighbor receives. You turn it back to what you can get out of them. And you see how slander flows out of envy. Well, if I feel envious towards somebody, what am I going to do? I need to feel better about myself, so I'm going to slander them. I'm going to say bad, evil things about them. It's not fit for your heart to flow. It's not fit for your heart to flow towards them. It isn't fit. It doesn't even say fight against them. It's like it's not something that even should cling. Put it away. Put it off. Put down your heart. So what do we do? We'll see in scriptures constantly when it provides encouragement to not do this, it will come up with and do this. Scriptures never leave you empty. They don't just say take this away. It doesn't provide anything to fill that space up. God is, he understands how we work, how we understand things. And he knows, well, okay, I'm going to instruct them to not do this. What am I going to give them to fill it up with? He tells us. Like newborn infants, long for this pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Especially food. They're willing to offer a, a mild suggestion of something. Maybe it would be a good thing to have something with you. But I don't want to I don't want to burden you with caring for me. It's late at night. It's the middle of the I know I just have like I don't want to see something. So you know, I guess I'll just you know ease off. uncertain, find a new mom. They'll tell you how much a baby desires to eat. They long for it. They have to have it. 
accepted as Peter's encouragement for the Christians he's writing to. It's a Christians who are undergoing trial and trouble. They live in the same they live in the same world we live in now with trial and trouble around us. But he's saying, long for the pure spiritual life that the Lord has for us. And I take that to mean his work. Long for his work in our lives. That we would live in a way through which the hope of Christ shines. We are to be like the Ananias, longing for God's pure spiritual milk, his living word, especially the gospel, so that we may grow. The Lord just so kindly gives us illustrations that make sense. We can understand what he's describing. The infant needs the milk in order to grow in the same way. And to pursue the word, long after the word, so that we may grow into real salvation. Don't eat the poison of the old fashioned. Stay away from it. Whether it's the old uh, danger sign or the Mr. Yuck, or there's a lot of generations here, and I don't know how you remember poisons being marked, but stay away from it. Slander and lies and envy and hatred and malice and deceit, all those things, they're not for you. But rather, we need the gospel. Cling to the Lord and his living word, especially the gospel, the message of Christ and his life and his death and his resurrection and his ascension. Cling to it. Long for it. We need the gospel so that we may grow in it and become a living word. My name is Matthew Pastor Jason. If indeed you have seen good news of the, the life of Jesus Christ, his sacrificial death on the cross, and his resurrection from the dead is set before you today. Admit your sin. Believe that Jesus is your Savior and confess him as Lord and King. He alone is able to save you. Come empty-handed to a living hope You are unable to save yourself. Your strength is inadequate. Your goodness does not exist. Your, your efforts at reform will fall short every single time if this is where you find yourself. Thank you, Lord. Your love, your money, your works, none of them precious blood of Christ. I would urge you to grow in it. Talk to him. He is the living word. Today, Christian, if you call yourself that, if you own Christ, if he owns you as his child, you owe him as a savior and redeemer. Thank God for the gospel. Worship him in all things. 
give us hope when we don't deserve it. And yet you just leave us without Christ, without Jesus. You provide everything that we need. Lord, you set us down at the foot of the cross. Recognizing that the sacrifice of the lamb on our behalf was living, was dying, and was rising again as our one true hope against life from the imperishable seed that you have given us. You are the redemption of mankind. Do not give us what we deserve, Father, but as you judge us from your hand. Keep us in us by grace and mercy to love Christ, to see him in our place on the cross, 